Hey, John Lund here for my good friends at Modesto Toyota. Did you know for over 54 years, people have been driving from all over Northern California to Modesto Toyota? Why? Because of the great deals and a huge selection to choose from. Over 13 acres of new and used vehicles. And it's no secret the Modesto Toyota has a large selection of certified used Toyotas as well. The best new cars make the best certified used cars. Certified pre-owned Toyotas have a seven-year, 100,000-mile limited powertrain warranty and one-year roadside assistance. Modesto Toyota always has a tremendous selection of trucks, cars, and SUVs, all at great low prices. So... Whether you're looking for a new or certified pre-owned Toyota, my good friends at Modesto Toyota, Kevin and the whole crew, they have the one to fit your needs and your budget. It's absolutely worth the drive to Modesto Toyota. Go to ModestoToyota.com. Check them out online, ModestoToyota.com. We used to talk to him weekly. We talked to him uh, right at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, I I, I see that uh, he... He has Tito's prominent on his fishing trip back on the 21st of May, and now he's in Santa Cruz. We don't know what he's doing, but we always like talking to him. Mike Perro joins us courtesy of the Uma Guest Line. What's happening? I, you know, I'm just trying to keep up with Papa. The guy's always on vacation. You know, every time I every time I tune into the show, it's and and guest of Papa Greg. Papa's on vacation. Yeah. You know, so I'm I'm just trying to keep up with him. That's all. Wow. Yeah, I'm easy to keep up with, Mike. I haven't left my house uh, <laughs> since March the 10th. But if I was to go down Highway 17 to lovely Santa Cruz, maybe Capitola. Maybe the boardwalk, ride the dipper. Are things opening up down there? Well, now? I mean, I can see Capitola from here. Um, you know, I'm along the coastline. I'm I'm amazed at the trawlers that have been out each and every night. I guess halibut um, are in Monterey oh. Bay. Um, mm. Yeah, things have things have opened up um, to a degree. There's dine-in and restaurants, of course, with all the separations and all the things we have to be aware of. But you know, it's santa cruz it's beautiful and the weather has been gorgeous and um you know it's just to me to me being by the water is special period there's so much power in the ocean and to to watch the waves break and um it's just it's pretty pretty special i would agree with you 100 percent uh i'm looking at your your last tweet which on the 21st so you got uh, some fishing gear you got some golf clubs and you got some Tito's. That's that's pretty good. Well, how did that I can't go? go anywhere without yeah. the Tito's. As a matter of fact, I just sent my wife to the store to get me another bottle. I mean, that's that's not a good sign oh, when I've only Lord. been here for three days. But, that is uh, not you know, it. you know, I, I've tried yeah. to do everything I can do within the realm, uh, realm of social distancing and and golf. To me, being outdoors is safe. Fishing is really safe because, you know, even fish don't get within six feet of my uh, fly. So, um, you know, I, but but to me, being outdoors and, um, you know, and, and some type of sporting activity is just uh, has just been got me through this. I mean, I'm like you, Greg, you know, been in since the 14th of March and then decided to try golf to see if I felt it was safe. And when I went out on the course, um, you know, with our gang so to speak i i really felt it was um you know that one person in the cart and and uh and then and then the fishing thing too so two of the things i most like to do um then i guess you could say the third one would be football if we would ever get back to it um you know I, i'm i'm really kind of surviving better than than probably anybody should at this time 
All right, which leads to football. And we've talked so much and thought so much about the safety of the players. Uh, I would like to get into the the, uh, safety of the officials, Mike, because they're, you know, they're not all old guys, and a lot of guys have retired, but they are older, certainly, than than the players. They do touch the football. I mean, the umpire and the ref touch it every play. Uh, you don't have a backup team. If someone goes down and tests positive the night before, what do you do with that? So uh, what, what thought is there to keeping our, our men in stripes healthy this season? Well, I think it's a really interesting question and, and, and really has not been really addressed. I mean, at, at least publicly hasn't been addressed. Look at, I mean, I, I think that, you know, everybody – feels like that the safest age group are these young athletes that, you know, whose immune systems are great and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, you got to take a look around at, you know, the coaches and even think about the people on the chain crew, which have to stand with the chains in the team area. And then, of course, you get to the officials. Um, there's concern. I mean, there was a, a, a poll that was done and 24% of the officials said that they really did not feel safe working the game. And, um, you know, so how do you address that issue? You can't have 24% of a staff of 120 not working because then you wouldn't have enough officials to cover every game. Um, do you adjust mechanics possibly to keep the officials um, more out of the way. Do God forbid, do you figure out how to use a sky judge who can make some decisions from a distance and make them accurately and, and maybe even affect the safety there? Do you let the officials or have the officials wear masks? I, I think there are so many questions that just haven't been answered. And I know their clinic that they hold is not going to be held from my understanding. It's going to be done on a virtual basis. Uh, um, you know, so there's there's a lot of questions, but you have there have been, as you said, Greg, there was a big turnover this year. One, some of the um, veteran guys did get let go or quit, but I mean, you have guys like Tony Carini that are sitting out there that's 68 years old or 69 years old, a little bit younger than me, and um, you know, with he had some underlying issues with throat cancer. Uh, this is a group, you know, that averages around 50 two years old, 53 years old, and I think it's going to be difficult. And what do you do if one test positive or two test positive on a crew of just seven? Then does all seven have to quarantine? These are part of the issues that lay out there, not just for the officials, but even the even the broadcasters. I mean, how do you look at this, Pop? Do we do, we do it from in a studio remotely like they're doing in golf right now as we speak? All these questions are really out there and not a lot of concrete answers at this point. Uh, Mike Rarer is joining us, our pal, former vice president of officiating the NFL and, of course, rules analyst at Fox Sports. Since you brought it up, can you expand on that just a little bit? Because I know Kevin Harlan has said NBA-wise when they enter that bubble, they're not going to be on location. They're going to be in a studio. The Giants broadcasters have said on the road they're going to be at uh, AT&T Park. The, you know, the, the scoreboard's going to be lit up, but they're, gonna be, they're not going to be going uh on the uh, on the road ha- have you heard anything of whether or where you guys are going to be broadcasting from or not broadcasting from a, from a game what's that going to look like i haven't heard yet other than what joe buck a comment that he made that uh that and his comment basically was the strong possibility at least early in the season um that 
that we will be doing games from studios. Fox has studios in Los Angeles, has studios in um, Charlotte. I guess you could say there are studios you could use at Fox News in New York. Um, and, and this is not unprecedented. I mean, it's it's happened before. I've seen it happen more with college basketball than I've seen it with football. But, you know, you the, the whole thing that is, you know, has gotten so upset is this revenue train here. And everybody's, you know, it's costing everybody money. It's costing teams money. It's costing networks money. And there is no question that if you do broadcast remotely, I am sure, and I know that the expense is less. I mean, you still have to have a truck to capture the pictures. But when you talk about not flying people around and having them do them in studios, how do you do it? You put all the camera feeds up so that um, the announcers can see the camera feed. Uh, Joe would watch it live. Troy would have his cameras that he could run back and forth as if he was in the broadcast booth at a stadium. So it can be done. And I think when this, this era that we're in right now where we're talking about maybe no fans or maybe only 20,000 fans in the stadium. Um, I don't think it's unrealistic to do it from a studio. I, I know personally after doing it both ways, I mean, in my role, I was doing it from a studio and then I went on the road with Troy and Joe. It's, it's easier. I mean, it's easier be, to be there at the game because you see more than just what shows on a television screen. Um, and it's easier to get caught up in the excitement when you're there physically, especially if there are people in the stands. Um, so it'll be a challenge, but hey, listen, I mean, I think this is the way we're going to go through for this year in sports. Um, you know, until, you know, maybe the vaccine comes along and makes it safer to have more people in groups. Mikey, going back to what you were saying about uh, a high percentage of officials are concerned, uh, and you've, you've worked in college football as a game official and a coordinator, and you work as a broadcaster as well. Uh, do you think uh, we'll have college football or, you know, conference by conference? And if there is... Uh, availability with the college officials or enough of them trained properly where they could come over and work NFL games if needed? Well, yes, because, and I would only say that. I wouldn't have said that back in my time when I ran the NFL officiating department, but I would say that now because they have a developmental program. Um, it's called the ODA, Officiating Development, and and so they have on that list probably 30, mid 30s, 35 or so college officials that they have had come to their clinic, that they have had work preseason games, um, that they've had go to games after the college season was over to, you know, to sit in the pregame meetings and things. So they're far more along as college officials as part of this list than any group was when I was there, short of back in the old days when we had NFL Europe. And um, NFL Europe gave us an opportunity to train them. But but I would say now with this uh, officiating development group that, um, yeah, they would, be, they would be in an okay situation to, one, bring in people to fill in um, on the field, 
And even too, I think, too, if they decide to experiment with this guy, Judge, what they talked about doing in the preseason, I think you could draw from that group also. Uh, Mike Barrero joining us. Hey, one more uh, from a rule standpoint. I was surprised that the 4th and 15 in lieu of a, an onside kick did not pass. What do you know about that? Well, I mean, you, you know, they tabled it, so it's not gone. Mm-hmm. Um, they still could look at it, but I, I think it's too risky to me. Um, I, I don't think anybody would be happy. Could you imagine 4th and 15 and, uh, and then you get a – a grab of a jersey and they called defensive holding on a play that was an incomplete pass and now it turns into a five-yard penalty an automatic first down and you keep the ball i mean i i think that would that would upset a lot of people and then do you take a fourth and 15 play and then you complete a pass that ends up going all the way down to your opponent's 20 and you kick a field goal and you win the game if you were only down by two uh i i, I think that you look at the clock issue, which they first addressed, and then this penalty issue, is it too severe? And then the chances of one play and win the game. I I, I don't think it was thought through well enough, even though this was done before in the AAF, the Alliance of American Football, back in its short uh, tenure. But, listen, I kind of hope when I thought about all of the unintended consequences like that, it was my hope that they just get rid of it, period. I get the fact that the success rate of an onside kick is in today's game is down to less than 7%. But, you know, get out the way you got in. And if you're behind, I don't think you should necessarily make it easier to get back into the game just because you want to make the game more exciting. I don't think that's fair to the team that, you know, played well for 58 minutes. And, you know, so um, I I think they'll probably stay where they are and look at it further maybe next year. Um, But it's kind of one of those deals that, you know, Roger Goodell wanted in. And usually when Roger Goodell wants something in, he gets something in. So I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't come back on some type of trial this year um, or maybe they look and say there's no automatic first down, you know, first downs on five yard defensive penalties, maybe something like that. But I, I think the more complicated you make it, the the more, you know, exceptions you have to the normal rules. I think you hurt the game to some degree. Great stuff as always. If I remember right, isn't it uh, Tito's Rocks Twist? Isn't that isn't that what your go to is? Or is it a martini? I can't remember. Well, often it's right out of the bottle. But, you know. <laughs> Don't waste any time. <laughs> Skip the rocks. Hold awesome. the twist. Awesome. <laughs> hey, it's always good to hear from you. Enjoy it down there. I'm jealous. That's great. I will. Thanks, guys. Take it Stay easy. Stay healthy, Take Mikey. Care. Hey, John Lund here from my good friends at Modesto Toyota. Did you know for over 54 years, people have been driving from all over Northern California to Modesto Toyota. Why? Because of the great deals and a huge selection to choose from. Over 13 acres of new and used vehicles. And it's no secret the Modesto Toyota has a large selection of certified used Toyotas as well. The best new cars make the best certified used cars. Certified pre-owned Toyotas have a 7-year, 100,000-mile limited powertrain warranty and 1-year roadside assistance. Modesto Toyota always has a tremendous selection of trucks, cars, and SUVs, all at great low prices. So... 
Whether you're looking for a new or certified pre-owned Toyota, my good friends at Modesto Toyota, Kevin and the whole crew, they have the one to fit your needs and your budget. It's absolutely worth the drive to Modesto Toyota. Go to ModestoToyota.com. Check them out online, ModestoToyota.com.